0: Hi, guys, I'm Chris Hargraves from tipsforlawyers.com, and welcome to Tips for Lawyers podcast episode number three. Today, we're going to have a talk about a particular issue in relation to productivity, but before we get into that, I just wanted to have a quick mention about the first couple of podcasts. Now, in those, I invited people to leave comments and I indicated I'd mention a couple of things in the show notes, but uh, I actually forgot to mention where you can find those show notes and that was pretty stupid. So uh, you can find the show notes for any Tips for Lawyers podcast at tipsforlawyers.com slash episode and then the number. So if you want to have a look at the show notes, which is just a quick summary and anything I mention here that might be of interest or links to things uh, that I talk about in the show, it's going to be for today tipsforlawyers.com slash episode 003 because this is the third episode. Pretty self-explanatory. I'm sure you can figure it out. So uh, otherwise, just have a look at tipsforlawyers.com and search for the podcast or have a look on the iTunes link and I'm sure uh, you can find the various episodes there. So that's uh, all I wanted to deal with in terms of administration today. I just thought that I should actually direct people to where to go for that if they were at all interested in those kinds of things. So, otherwise, what we're here to talk about today is productivity. So, productivity is a pretty big issue for lawyers. Obviously, if you're not productive, then you're fundamentally useless. Uh, You're useless to your client because you don't get anything done, and you're useless to your employer because you don't get anything done. Productivity is, of course, just getting things done. It's not too complicated, really, at the end of the day. It's just a matter of getting things done rather than not getting things done, but there seem to be a pretty significant number of impediments for lawyers in getting things done. And as a lawyer in particular, you do feel a lot of pressure to get things done, not just to completion, uh, but to a particular quality and in a particular manner of efficiency, because of course, time is money when it comes to productivity. In particular, I want to have a bit of a talk about the main impediment to productivity that a lot of people face and that is procrastination. Now anyone who has done a law degree or if you're doing a law degree I am sure like me you are an expert at procrastinating. I'm not too surprised to hear from law students that the cleanest their houses are is during an exam period, that is when you should be studying and you should be hitting the books pretty hard. Generally what you end up doing is doing the dishes Uh, You learn a lot of new recipes. You find that you really have to attend to a lot of things online that aren't necessarily study. Facebook all of a sudden becomes entirely attractive. And what you do is find ways to do things other than the task that you should be doing. Now, if you're a law student, I sympathise. I really do. Um, (laughs) Studying for law exams is... Uh, frankly, it should be cruel and unusual punishment, it's it's a terrible thing, but um, you can afford to do that to an extent during your law studies, uh, but you cannot afford to do it when you're an admitted solicitor, uh, because you will get fired, it's as simple as that. Uh, you you can't procrastinate, you can't uh, do whatever you want, you can't faff around, you can't find other things to do other than the task you should be working on. and To an extent some people do Uh, it's remarkable to me how often people manage to procrastinate and um, look I'll I'll give you an example uh, from this podcast and you would have noticed at the start of this podcast I don't have any fancy theme music I don't have a a voiceover guy I guess I could put on a funny voice and do it myself but uh, I don't have any of uh, that glitz that a lot of more well-developed podcasts have and uh, frankly It's a little bit annoying to me because I'd like to have those things, but uh, what I noticed after a little while was that although I had a fair amount of content to put into my podcast, trying to find those things and get them right and uh, actually develop them and, you know, get the little theme music and get an introductory thing, it was actually stopping me from starting the podcast at all. And at the end of the day, I was just procrastinating. I had the content, I had the equipment I needed, Uh, It's not that fancy, but I have what I need to record a podcast. And for some reason, I wasn't actually pulling the trigger. And the reason was because I was procrastinating. Now, we'll get into the causes for some types of procrastination, but that's just one example. Uh, At the end of the day, I decided just to leap in, release the podcast. Hopefully a few of you enjoy it, even without the theme music. Uh, Frankly, I find, I listen to a number of podcasts, and I find the theme music on the first occasion to be fine. Uh, the second occasion to be okay. And then after I've listened to the same podcast about five times and it has the same theme music, and it has the same introduction, uh, frankly I find it to be a little bit irritating, so I'm not especially concerned uh, about the podcast having theme music. If you happen to be a talented musician or a talented mp3 developer and you want to uh, put together some theme music for me, feel free to shoot it to me uh, and I'll be happy to give it a go. But for the moment I'm happy just to leap into the text, I'm comfortable enough just talking to you guys and hopefully you don't mind just me getting straight into the content and uh, generally just talking to you because that's really what we're here for at the end of the day. So on to procrastination, uh, one of the major issues that lawyers face when it comes to productivity. When does procrastination happen? Well uh, to me in my experience there's a few main areas where procrastination actually occurs uh, and specifically where it occurs to the impediment of getting things done in an efficient and timely fashion. The first is when you're just out of energy. You know how you've got this task, it seems too big, uh, it seems like you just don't have energy, you get to work or you get up in the morning and you go I've got to do this thing and you just can't bring yourself to you drag yourself out of bed, you take as long as humanly possible to make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee you have your breakfast, you do the dishes or whatever and you just use any excuse you can to avoid getting into this thing because generally you're just not up to it, you're not feeling energetic, you're not feeling enthused you're not feeling like it's something that's really uh, you're driven to do and that will stop you from accomplishing that goal it will especially stop you from accomplishing that goal In an efficient manner and we see this in law firms pretty frequently because frankly it is a little bit draining sometimes especially if you've just come out of a big job and you've got to go straight into another big job you can be a little bit drained Um, and in a long job that's taking all day it's taken six hours instead of four that you thought it was going to take or you know it's taking a long time you can start to lose focus and lose energy and what you end up doing is stuffing around Uh, and stuffing around is just another form of procrastination so um, that is the first occasion that I see procrastination happening. The next one, and to an extent this is a more common area of procrastination, and that is where you just haven't got the foggiest idea what you're doing. And uh, don't be disturbed if you're not a lawyer, but um, this happens pretty commonly in law firms. You, you're given a task, the client's asked you to look into something, or a partner's asked you to research something or do an advice on something, and you just have no clue. You have no idea what it is that you're actually supposed to be achieving. You don't understand the question. You don't know what area of law you should be looking into. You just you sit there looking at your notes about the task, and you have absolutely no idea what to do next. That results in procrastination, and all that happens is you end up burning a bunch of time not really understanding what you're doing, so we're going to have a look at that too. The final area where procrastination has a tendency to come in, is where something's gone wrong and in particular where you are afraid of what's likely to happen next. This is where you might have stuffed something up, this is where you might have uh, a complaint from a client, whether it's rational or otherwise, doesn't really matter. This is where you realise there's a problem on a file or on a matter or on a research task or on a question And for whatever reason, you don't want to go back to the person, whether it be your client or whether it be your boss or whether it be your colleague with whom you're working on the task, and you don't want to explain it. Possibly it's because they're a volatile personality, you know, they're the kind of person who's going to rant and rave because something went wrong, even though it wasn't necessarily your fault, and that's going to cause issues. So... What happens is you procrastinate with it. You fluff around, you know, you do some research, you see if you can fix it, you prod here and prod there and reread things. And at the end of the day, you know what needs to be done in this instance, you just don't want to actually do it. So, those are the three main times where procrastination can happen. And it helps to actually label them because if you can identify when you're procrastinating as a result of one of these things, then it gives you the ability to actually step back from it and to look at what the issue is that's stopping you from achieving the task and to implement some steps to deal with it. Now, we're going to talk about a few today, but not necessarily all of the tools you might need to avoid procrastinating because, frankly, I'm not you know, uh, able to give you everything in the space of a short podcast. But um, each situation uh, really has its own resolution. So being able to identify what the issue is that's preventing you from completing a task properly is really going to help you when it comes to completing that task. So have a look out. If you're not getting something done, have a look. Are you lacking energy or motivation? Are you a little bit confused about what you should actually be doing? Or are you potentially a bit concerned about what's going to happen when you complete the task or when you take the thing to its natural end? Those are three pretty common areas. I'm sure there's more, but it's worthwhile keeping an eye out for those in your own life. So, that's the areas in which procrastination has a tendency to impede productivity. What I wanted to get into, though, next is uh, a few tips on how you might go about avoiding procrastinating and just getting the job done and hopefully conquering a couple of those issues that I've talked about because really these tips are a way of developing habits, and I spoke about that in podcast episode number two, so have a look at that, tipsforlawyers.com episode 002. If you didn't listen to that, go back to that. We spoke about the importance of developing habits, and what I'm talking about today really is some habits you can develop when you're faced with a particular issue. Again, we're looking at increasing productivity, getting rid of procrastination, and getting more done in a day. So the first thing I want to talk about is re-energising. Uh, we spoke about the lack of energy or the lack of motivation that can sometimes creep in, particularly on bigger or particularly mind-numbing jobs. And one thing you can do to re-energise is take a break. It's not that hard. Um, often it comes from having sat down or focused on a particular task for an extended period, particularly if it's ultra-boring, and let's face it, there are some pretty boring tasks out there for lawyers. So. If it's a really boring task or a really big task or a complex task, it is exhausting to sit down for hours upon hours upon hours and focus on a particular task without a break. So get up, go for a walk, stretch your legs, take five minutes out. I'm not saying take an hour out or two hours, I'm not saying leave for the day or take a six-week holiday because at the end of the day you need to get things done and that's the point of this, it's not to stop you getting things done. But take a few minutes out where you can take a breath You can have a chat to someone, obviously don't bother people, but have a chat to someone who might otherwise be having a break themselves, go and get a coffee or a cup of tea, go for a walk outside, fresh air is a wonderful source of reinvigorating you if you're having a bit of an office problem where you've been sitting in the office under uh, those hideous lights, with not necessarily any natural light all day, get outside, breathe in some fresh air, stretch your legs, get the blood pumping back through your body, And it will really help you to re-energize and refocus. Don't think about your task deliberately while you're out there. Don't worry about it. Think about something else. Read a comic book. Do something, you know, listen to this podcast. (laughs) Do something other than working on the task and then come back to it, sit down, refocus, and then get into it. Re-energizing yourself in that way can really be much more productive than trying to push through far better to take five minutes out and then get back into it more efficiently and more productively than it is to try and truck through and leave yourself working, frankly, poorly uh, and inefficiently. The second thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to avoiding procrastination, and really this hones in on the second issue I identified, which is not knowing what on earth you're doing, is clarify the task. You need to know what you're doing to work productively on it. So frequently this will involve going back to the person who actually gave you the task in the first place. Go back to your partner or your supervising solicitor or whatever. Go back to the client. Now that can be a little bit wishy-washy because if you're going back to the client to ask something that they already explained to you in the first place it meant you weren't paying attention. So you've got to pay attention when you're given the task in the first place. But sometimes you start to get into a task and you realise The questions you were given or the framework you were given doesn't necessarily make sense or it doesn't match quite what you understood the end result to be. So you need to have in your own head a good idea of the task that you're actually looking to perform. What is the end result? What are the questions that are inherent that you need to answer to get to that end result? What is the product that you have been asked to deliver? Is it a research memo? Is it a letter? to the client? Is it an advice? Is it uh, a bundle of documents? Is it an index? Is it determining what's relevant or what's not? Or is it another conversation down the track once you've narrowed down the issues? There are any number of end results that you might come across in your legal practice and you need to understand what the end result is and what the questions are that you need to get to that end result. If you don't understand that, you're going to stuff around for hours And you're going to produce something that frankly is a waste of time for everyone. Make sure you get clear instructions. If you need to, go back to the partner, go back to the senior lawyer, clarify the issues. If something they've told you makes no sense, clarify that in particular because I know some senior lawyers are intimidating, most aren't. Uh, They want the correct answer for their client and they want it efficiently. What they don't want is for you to spend six hours on a task and deliver them something that's useless. They would rather, more often than not, they would rather you come back, ask a question, clarify the question, make sure you understand the task that has been given to you, and then get into it to make sure you're working on the proper thing. Similarly with clients, now let's say you're drafting a contract for a client, so you've been given some of the commercial terms. They've told you they're buying property located at X, and they've told you that they're buying it for $340 million dollars. Lots of money, big property. So that's all I've told you there. They haven't told you whether they're buying a business. They haven't told you whether they're taking over a lease. They haven't told you anything you need to do. And there's a couple of ways you can deal with that, of course. And this is where the clarification comes in. Maybe you prepare a contract. Maybe you put in all of the terms you know and you leave placeholders for the others. You do a covering letter to the client and you say, please tell us X, Y, Z because these are the things you didn't tell us in the first place, or you might be able to solve the issue with a single phone call, call up, tell the client we need to know A, B, C, D, E. They probably already know these things and what you save is the ability, oh sorry, what you save is the roundabout that happens when you send a letter out. So if you're a junior lawyer in particular or a law clerk and you're preparing a contract what you're doing is wasting a certain amount of time if you prepare a contract in that letter because it's got to go to the client, they've got to read it, they then email you or call you up and a lot of time is wasted, potentially two to three to four to five days in that circle that happens between correspondence being exchanged between people. Whereas you could just pick up the phone and call them and get those issues and get a far closer contract out the door in the first place rather than one where you're missing three quarters of the detail. So again, Clarify the issue, know precisely what it is that you're supposed to be doing rather than only half of what you're doing. Understand the end result, understand the task before you get into it and you will save a lot of time, you will be more efficient and you will be more productive for your client and your firm. The next thing I wanted to talk about really flows on from that second one which is clarifying your task and that is this, plan your task. Now. Sometimes this is necessary, sometimes it's not. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you should sit down for 10 minutes to write an outline of a task that's only going to take you two minutes to complete in the first place, because this is about efficiency and productivity, remember? So uh, that's that's not going to be meeting either of those goals. But what you can do is, for larger, more complex tasks, is break it down. If you want to plan a task, you need to break it down into its component parts. And like I said before, to do that, you need to understand what the task is, what the question is, and what the end product is. Now, for my part, so I work in commercial litigation, and one of the things, of course, we need to do from time to time is to plead out a particular case, which means we need to write, say, in Australia, this is called a claim and statement of claim, probably called other things other places, but this is where you plead out the facts and circumstances and legal consequences that you say arise in order to make the other side aware of what your particular case is. And to do that I really need to frame it up in a big picture sense before I get down into the nitty-gritty. It really helps me to be able to sit down just on a single sheet of paper sometimes and write down the core elements that I need to meet in order to actually produce something that's useful At the end of the day. So it might be understanding and knowing what the actual cause of action is, uh, you know, a breach of contract or whatever, and I need to set out the fundamental elements to make sure I don't miss things in my summary. So plan your task. Often it's writing down an outline, but sometimes you can just do it mentally. You can really just go in your head, okay I need to do one, two and three in order to get to four, which is the end product. And then you can efficiently work your way through 1 and 2 and 3 in order to get to 4. It really helps to streamline what you're doing. But what it also helps you to do is identify what you need to do as opposed to all the things you don't need to do. One of the issues with productivity and procrastination in particular is that you sometimes end up doing a lot of things that you actually don't need to do in the first place. And that of course is wasting time, it's wasting money and it's wasting effort. On your part. What you want to be doing is producing things that are useful to the end goal that you're actually trying to achieve. So productivity is about doing things that actually have a useful and meaningful result at the end of the day. And one of the ways you can do that after you've understood the task is to map out what you need for the task. So that way you don't end up doing a bunch of things that you don't need because you haven't planned it properly. So one, two, three, four, five, list them out. Put them in a useful order in particular. If 3 needs to be done only after 1 and 2 are done, then obviously if you put it first you're going to end up stuffing around because you haven't done the necessary prerequisites to accomplish 3 before you've done 1 and 2. Now, that it's going to differ from task to task, from area to area, from job to job, and it's up to your experience and your legal knowledge to be able to know the best way to do that. But sometimes planning taking 5 minutes or 10 minutes even out on a bigger task or even half an hour to an hour if it's a very big task. Map out what needs to be done and it really helps you sort the useful from the not useful. Write it down, set out a map, make yourself a to-do list if you're a to-do list kind of person and that way you know that what you're doing is productive. The second benefit though of this is that it's actually a little bit helpful for some people to be able to tick off when they've done each thing. So if you've got a big task, it's going to take you days. Having a list is actually, uh, you know, it, it can be encouraging. It can help you know that you're working through the task, that you are achieving things, that you're ticking things off, you know that you've done A, B and C and you've got D, E and F to go. It can really be encouraging for you if you have a big task and it seems a little bit overwhelming to break it down into component pieces. And that way, as you achieve achieve each of those component pieces, you can be encouraged by that to move on to the next one. And you know you're moving more steadily towards the goal at the end of the day. So that's my third suggestion, which is plan your task. Write an outline if you need to, but even if you just do it mentally, it's still going to be useful. Following on from planning your task, do one thing at a time. The issue with procrastination is that often it takes the form of stuffing around. So, And I've mentioned that a few times already in this podcast, but the biggest issue with procrastinating is stuffing around. It's when you're looking on the internet for an answer to something and you end up looking at 56 different things instead of the one thing that you could have looked at to find the answer. And part of what happens, if you haven't planned properly or if you're not looking at the plan that you did, you end up trying to do two or three or four things at a time. And... This is where you read the case and you're looking for a particular principle but you find another principle that might be relevant you get distracted by that and then you read three other cases and you just go way off track. Um, A friend of mine used to call it going down dry gullies and so you chase all these down and before you know it you've spent two and a half hours on stuff that was fundamentally a waste of time. That's procrastinating. You're not doing the task that you should be doing in the way you should be doing it efficiently and productively. Go back to the list look at how you planned it, look at your outline if you did one, and do one thing at a time in the order that is best for it to be done. Get it done before you move on to the next thing. That's the most productive way to do it because getting halfway through a task and moving on to something else or getting distracted you end up moving backwards in the task even if you got halfway through. You're only going to come back a third through because you forget everything that you did before and you lose that momentum that you had on the task. Do one thing at a time tick it off, then move on to the next one. So the next tip is when you're finished, you're finished. So often a task gets 98 or 99% done and then you spend just as much time doing the last 1% because you're paranoid about having missed something or you're putting gloss on or you're rereading something 50 times. No, the best way to be productive and to avoid procrastinating is to finish a task when it is finished. Get it done get it done, get it done. I know I just said that three times and it sounds ridiculous, but you've got to know when you're at the end of your task. Don't go chasing down leads that are irrelevant. If you've produced the product or answered the question and it is of a high quality, as it should be if you've planned it properly, then you are finished. Don't go second-guessing yourself or stuffing around. Hand it to the person it needs to be handed to, sign it if it needs to be signed, make sure it's good quality, get it out the door. Then you can go on to the next topic. Often things are done and then they sit on a desk because someone wants to just think about it that little bit more and then all of a sudden a week and a half has passed because it doesn't seem that high a priority anymore. You've forgotten about it, you've forgotten all the research you did, you can't quite remember the question, you've forgotten your outline or your planning that you did. Everything goes wrong. Just get the task done, get it out the door, move on to the next one. That is how you can be productive. Because at the end of the day, everything that leads up to the end product is a fundamental waste of time if it doesn't go out the door. If it's not finished, then you're not being productive at all. Nothing has been done. You have achieved zero things unless you've handed or delivered in some way the end product to the person who asked for it. Often that'll be a client. Do you think a client appreciates an advice that's mostly done and is sitting waiting for someone to sign off on the last sentence because they don't like the phrase You know, we uh, therefore recommend and, and they want to change it to we advise that. I mean nobody cares about that, they just want the answer. They want the answer, they want the product, they want the thing they asked for. So if you're finished, be finished and just own the result. Take pride in your work, do it properly in the first place but be finished. Don't stuff around after you've already gotten to the end. The final thing I wanted to have a quick chat about is whining. Now don't waste time whining about boring tasks. Now for junior lawyers and law clerks in particular, but frankly for senior lawyers as well, there are an abundance of tasks that frankly aren't that thrilling. Uh, time recording, administration, hole punching, putting stuff in precedent databases, uh, you know, going to functions that frankly make you want to slip into a coma. A lot of this stuff does not excite people, and I appreciate that obviously, but How much energy and time are you going to spend whining about it? Instead, just get on with it. Do something else. 10 minutes you spend whining about something is 10 minutes you could have been producing something else. So don't get into the habit of whinging about tasks just because you don't appreciate them. Just get on with it. Do the task properly. Finish it. You know, go to the networking function. Do the precedent. Do the seminar or whatever it is that you're not excited about. It's the language you use really that brings you down on these things and makes them less exciting. Understand the value of the task. You're almost never asked to do things that have no value. Sometimes you are yet, but almost never. So appreciate that these things have a value. Tell yourself that this is a valuable task that I am doing. It might be valuable because you're learning something, it might be valuable because you're meeting somebody, and it might be valuable because you're teaching somebody something that they need to know. These things are valuable. You are contributing to the firm, you're contributing to the client, you're contributing to your colleagues, and you can contribute more to each of those things by doing the tasks in a way which is encouraging and which is energising for the people around you. Rather than sapping the energy out of them by whining, them, whining about the task, just get on with it. Be happy about it. Be happy that you're providing value and that you're given an opportunity to do these things. I know they're not all exciting, but just get on with it and you'll find yourself overall being far more productive than if you waste your time and energy whinging about things. So those are my tips for today about how you can avoid procrastinating. If you've got any more, please feel free to let me know in the comments. www.tipsforlawyers.com episode 003. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you're enjoying this podcast so far, please jump onto iTunes, give me a rating. Uh, five stars would be lovely, but I'd rather have an honest rating. So. Uh, Leave a comment, say hello, send me an email. I always look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, that's what I had to say today about productivity. I'll see you next time.